0: Uh, that you thank the Newtons. Uh, this will be their last Sunday doing Children's Church, and um, we uh, they've been doing it for, gosh, 10 years, I guess, and um, just been faithfully doing that, and uh, we're going to miss them terribly. If you don't know, uh, they are moving uh, back to Alabama, and um, uh, Miss uh, Tara's... Uh, uh, Daddy has had a stroke, and she goes back there uh, as often as she can to help uh, and um she just uh it's just a it's just a right move for them and uh we are going to miss them terribly here um, at the church that's not until we got a little bit longer not, not a lot but a little bit longer and um, before they go uh, but um, make sure that you let them know uh how much you appreciate them. And uh you get a chance embarrassed to fire out of danielle today and uh I, I have a chance I get i do and uh, Danielle uh, directed her first drama uh, and uh, did a great job and uh, went to saw that yesterday it was Friday Saturday, and sunday and um, uh, just she, she did just a just a great job and um, uh, uh she's been doing been doing it a while uh but this is her first time directing uh won't be your last time i know that and uh so um you get a chance uh let her know uh what i mean, she's just absolutely uh has grown up before our eyes and um she uh she told me I don't know how long ago it was, but she said uh, she's, she's worried about what I was. What, what did I tell them? Um, But She told me a while ago. So for years, uh, we called her Danny, and she said at some point I don't know she grew up and said I would rather be called Danielle, and I said okay, Danny, and um, <laughs> so I try. I really do, uh, and I don't. I don't. I don't do it. On purpose, but even in Sunday school this morning, I was talking about it, and I said, "Danny," I said, "I mean Danielle," and um, so uh, she'll uh, always be Danny. Matter of fact, it was a long time before I even knew her name wasn't Danny; it was Danielle. And so, um, but that's just the way it goes. We're proud of her and uh, thankful for uh, the Newtons. First uh, Corinthians chapter fifteen this morning. First Corinthians chapter 15. We want to talk uh, uh to you uh a little bit um, this morning and again tonight on the subject of the gospel. The subject of the gospel. And uh Paul here in his first letter to the Corinthians, uh, if you know anything about Corinthians, uh you know that uh Paul Wrote these two letters to the church at Corinth, and um, uh, they were they were letters of um, of correction. And uh, okay, you're doing it. This as a matter of fact, we're going to be talking about uh, this tonight uh, uh, in the Lord's Supper, as uh, Paul wrote to the church at Corinth uh, about how to conduct the Lord's Supper. Uh, They were conducting it improperly. They were conducting it the wrong way and for the wrong purposes, the wrong reasons. And uh, Paul corrected them and said, this is how you. Aren't you glad the Bible doesn't just tell us uh, that we're wrong, but it tells us uh, how we can be right? Uh, And so we don't have to guess what the gospel is because the Bible tells us uh, what the gospel is and i don't know in in your life i know that we have gotten news sometimes bad news sometimes good news but can i tell you this morning that the gospel literally means good news good news it's the greatest news that you could possibly uh, that you could possibly hear, and in First Corinthians chapter fifteen, Paul says this. Moreover, brethren, he's talking to the church. I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in the memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. So there, listen. The Bible has, or the gospel has nothing to do with good works. Your salvation has nothing to do with good works. It's not what you have done or what you can do, it's about what's already been done for you. See the gospel is already done. Jesus Christ doesn't have to die on the cross every time you sin. He died once for all the scripture says it's not uh, it's not something that has to be repeated it's something that has been done and it is done for all eternity that's why he cried you remember on the cross he cried seven sayings and one of those sayings was just three words it is finished what does it mean to be finished? It means to be complete. It means to be done. It means there's nothing else that needs to be accomplished. I love the fact that the Bible says uh, that uh, when Jesus uh, uh, completed uh, the gospel, he went back to the Father and he did two things. He went to the right side and he sat down. Those are those two interesting things to say. Let me tell you something about the right side. The right side is always the side of authority. Always the side of authority. Jesus Christ not only willingly died for our sins, but he was, he was able to die for our sins. Do you understand? I, I hope you understand this. Abraham couldn't do it. And Moses couldn't do it. And David couldn't do it. And Paul couldn't do it. And Peter, listen to me. Listen to me closely. Peter can't save you. Mary can't save you. Paul can't save you. There is only one that had the power and the ability, and that one is Jesus Christ. You see, there is one mediator between God and man. It's the man Christ Jesus. For there is none other under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the only way. Matter of fact, he said in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, listen to me, and by the way, that man doesn't mean male. It means humankind, mankind. No man cometh under the Father but by me. Jesus said, I am it. I am the way. Therefore, every other way is false way. Every other way is the wrong way. Your works can't get you there. Your baptism can't get you there. Your confirmation can't get you there. Your church membership can't get you there. None of those things can get you to heaven. Jesus is the only way. And so, when we talk about the gospel, we're talking about the good news. Why? Because it's the best news that has ever been given. And then the Bible says, not only did he go to the right hand, but he sat down. So that's what you do when you're finished. That's when you do when you complete something. You sit down. He sat down in completion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he says... Verse number 2, by which also you are saved, if you keep in the memory what I have preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Verse number 3, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which, also, which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. I don't think we need an interpreter to figure that out. Listen, Paul said, Paul said this, I want to give you something. I want to tell you something that I've already received. I want to give you something that's already changed my life. I want to share with you the gospel. Do you know, there's a lot of things we can tell people. There's a lot of things we can share with people. There's a lot of scripture that we can open up and be a blessing and a help to others. But do you realize that without the gospel, now watch this. I'm not trying to be sacrilegious, I'm just telling you the facts. Without the gospel, nothing else matters. So what if you get your whole life straight down here and you get everything that you ever wanted, everything that you ever dreamed about. I mean, you had all the things this life could offer. You had, I mean, you had the greatest health from the time you were born until the time that you died. I mean, everything was right. Your relationships were good. I mean, you never got in a fight. Everything was just wonderful. And then you die. Because... The Bible says that's appointed unto men, once to die, and after this to judgment. So we're all gonna, barring the rapture of the church, we're all gonna we're all gonna go through that through that uh, death's door. We're all going to die. It's, it's going to happen. I don't know we fear it. We're afraid of it. We don't want it to be, get here. Or, I I don't know, but I, I know this. It's gonna happen. It's not morbid. It's just facts. But I want I want to know something. If you're a Christian. If you've been born again, there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to be afraid of. Because for the Christian, to close your eyes to this world is to open your eyes with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow, that's a rough one, right? I mean that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's a tough life. And by the way, the Scripture says that when you open your eyes with Jesus, so shall you ever be with the Lord. Never never again to be separated from Him. Never again to be sad. He'll wipe away all tears from our eyes. Never again to be sick. Won't that be wonderful? I mean, I don't know anybody that just enjoys being sick. You know, there's, there's going to there's gonna be, be no more sin. Do you realize when you get to heaven, there's, there's going to be no more temptation? We gonna, gonna have to deal with that besetting sin, that sin that does so easily beset you. So before you think too much of yourself, we all struggle. That's a biblical fact. Sometimes we look down our nose at other people and we think to ourselves, well, you know, you know, I'm glad I'm not like him. Or I'm glad I'm not like her. Kind of like that publican who stands there in the temple and says, "Yo, listen, I'm not. You know, I, I might have my troubles, but man, I'm I'm not like him. I might have my problems, but I'm not like Danielle." <laughs> I still got a little bit. You, you're gonna get it. But you know, I'm glad I'm not. You. Know, but listen to me. We all have problems. We all have struggles. Why? Because we are part of the human race. And when you were born, did you know this? I hope you know this. When you were born, you were born with a sin nature. I don't Listen, I don't care what your mama told you. I don't care what your grandma tells you. Oh, you're the greatest kid in the whole wide world and pat you on your head. Listen to me. You're a sinner. You're a sinner. And... The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, there are none righteous, no, not one. You know what that means? Not even you. That's what that means. And we've all fallen short. We all missed the mark. And so, what do we need to do? We need to do what Paul says here. We need to believe. We need to believe the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Without it, there is no hope. This idea, let me be really clear on this, this idea that we love God without Jesus, not according to the Bible. You see, you can't even get to the Father without going through the Son. So you you might love some God that you don't know, But to know Him, you have to go through His Son, Jesus Christ. You can't take Jesus out of the equation. You take Jesus out of the equation, there's no hope. You take Jesus out of the equation, there's no heaven. Not for you. Now, You take Jesus out of the equation, maybe there's heaven for the angels because God created the angels to to worship him and to be there with him in heaven and be his messengers. I get that, but not you. And by the way, you don't turn into an angel anyways. You're not an angel. Good night, you're not an angel here. Just ask the person sitting next to you. And you're not going to turn into one when you get there. There's no biblical basis for that. God created angels separately. But I want you to know something. There's no hope and there's no heaven without Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ has to be in the equation. That's why the scripture talks about the gospel being the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So what do we need to do with the gospel? So think about this with me uh, this morning when it comes uh, uh, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number one, we need to believe it in our hearts. We need to believe it in our hearts. What do I need to do to be saved? You know what the Philippian jailer asked, what must I do to be saved? What do he say? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He, he made it simple. We complicate everything. We really do. If the if the waters are muddied, man got his mitts in it. That's why it's muddy. Otherwise, uh, otherwise, uh, God has made it clear. Do you, you ever been in? You ever been into a? You ever gone to a pond, or you ever gone to a, a, a clear uh, a, a clear body of water that has mud at the bottom of it? You ever looked in that water? You ever skipped rocks? God, we used to love to skip rocks. The skip, I was, a, I was the rock skipping champion. Man, I used to love to skip. We'd see if we could get it all the way across the pond and, or, or, or halfway across the lake. And we just loved it. And it's crystal clear. I mean, you could see the ripples. You ever seen it where you you'd go out on a dock and you can look down and you can see the fish? Just gorgeous. And then somebody tromps through the water. What happens? It mur- makes it murky, doesn't it? And all of a sudden, you can't see the bottom. Now all of a sudden you can't see the fish. You can't see a reflection. Why? Because now man has muddied the water. Let me tell you what man has done. He has muddied the water of the gospel. So, so the gospel is the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ plus baptism. Plus good works. Plus church membership. Plus whatever. Listen to me. The Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy and in the book of Revelation that, that we should never add anything or take away anything from the Word of God. If we add to or take away from the Word of God, then the plagues of this book will be added to your life. It amazes me that anybody be willing to take the chance of messing with the Bible. Have you read about the plagues? I don't want, I don't want, I don't want one of them, let alone all of them. But people are messing all the time with the gospel Changing it and twisting it to meet their needs. To say, well, this doesn't make sense to me, so I'll do this. Have you ever done that before when it comes to playing a sport? You decide, you know what? I don't like how these rules are written, so I'm just going to... They don't apply to me, so I'm going to play how I want to play. I'm going to do what I want to do. Two things. Number one, you ain't going to be playing very long. Because the coach can be frustrated because you're not listening. You're not following. Now listen, we, we pay attention to the rules. You've seen it? I've seen it. I don't know how many times I've seen it when I used to watch the NFL. But when it comes to college ball and the NFL, there are different rules. <laughs> If you, can't, if you make a spectacular catch on the sideline as a college football player, all you got to do is get one foot in, one toe, one heel. Just just one appendage. In the NFL, you have to get two. Now, a college player can't say, well, that's not fair, I don't think that's right, and, and, I, and I got one in, so I think we should count it. Yeah, okay. Go, go, go sit down on the bench. You don't... You don't make the rules. The rules are already made. You're playing sports. You ever put something together? I used to be, especially in my younger days, I used to be the rebel that didn't need that. I I don't, listen, and every time I had extra parts, they give extra parts. That's what I always used to say. They give you extra parts in case you didn't, you know. Inevitably, I have to take something apart. And they go back and read the instructions, follow the instructions, and, 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 and follow the instructions that comes out right, with the exception of Ikea. Anybody ever put anything together with the instructions from Ikea? I don't know what they're thinking. I mean, just go it alone, because those things are awful. But usually, if you're following the instructions, what you do, if you follow it step by step, it, the product comes out the way it's supposed to. Why? Because somebody smarter than you Put those instructions together. Can I tell you, God, who is smarter than you? We, we know that, right? I hope, we know, I hope we understand that. I hope we understand that God knows more than we do. And God knows what He's doing. And if God said, this is the gospel, then believe the gospel and throw everything else away. Throw everything. Now listen to me. I'm not saying that church membership and, and, and baptism and, 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 uh, and, and, and all these other good works, all these things are not important because they are. But they are not necessary for you to be saved. Stop getting the cart before the horse. When I got saved, do you remember the day you got saved? I got saved, I got saved later in life. Matter of fact, I was, in, I was still in the Navy, and um, I, I, after, I got, after I trusted Christ as my Savior, or before I trusted Christ as my Savior, I thought to myself, okay, if I'm going to be saved, if I'm going to be a Christian, I mean, there's some things I've got to stop doing. I mean, there's some things that I've got to get straight I mean, I've got to stop doing this, and I've got to, I'm not going to tell you all the things I've got to stop doing, but I don't have enough fingers and toes to count them. And I thought, if I can just stop doing this, and man, I might even have a little bit of success stopping doing this, but then I do this more, and then I get aggravated about doing this, and I go back to doing that. And, and it was a struggle. It was a failing struggle. Because, listen, on my own, I couldn't do it. It was a great day. In my life, when I realized it had nothing to do with me, it had everything to do with what Jesus had already done. He paid my sin debt. He did the work, the work that needed to be done. Jesus Christ did that work. And I realized that, listen, I learned this lesson, and I've learned it several times through the years. But I learned that I just can't do it. I couldn't save myself. I can't save another person. You see, I can give the gospel. I can share the gospel. I can even take somebody through the scriptures. But I can't save you. You can't save me. If the Holy Spirit doesn't convict but we leave that out. But if the Holy Spirit doesn't convict, that's one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit to convict your heart of sin. Listen to me. I didn't. I didn't. As a young man, I didn't know. I, I'd never heard the gospel. Nobody ever shared that with me. I didn't know that I needed to be saved. This is a great day when I realized. You see, this idea, this idea that the preacher's supposed to make you feel good every Sunday, is not a biblical idea. That's not biblical. This idea that he's supposed to come in and, and, and tickle your ears and, and make you feel better. No, listen. What is, you know what his, idea, his job is? is to preach the gospel. His, idea is to pre, or his, his job is to preach uh, uh, the word of God. You know what the Holy Spirit's job is? To step on your toes. You ever get your toe stepped on? It hurts. You ever go out of church thinking to yourself, Well, oh, that wasn't nice. Because, can I tell you something? It's not the preacher's job to convict you. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict you. And without the conviction of the Holy Spirit, there is no salvation. And when the Holy Spirit, I remember in the Navy, <clears throat> we had to, in boot camp, one of the last things we had to do, climb a platform, it was about 30 feet, I think, go to the edge of it, jump, hit the water, Olympic-sized pool, tread water, you had to tread water for so long, and then you had to swim so many times around the Olympic pool. You think to yourself, oh, that was easy. Man, I, I'm telling you, I grew up in the water. I am like a fish. And I, I'll tell you, that was, it was hard. But I remember these guys. Remember this one guy. He was our arpac. he was our leader uh, uh, of our group. And uh, he, I mean, he could do. He could do 500 push-ups. He could do 300 sit-ups. I mean, he could pull. He can do pull-ups until your arms hurt. I mean, this guy could do everything. I mean, he went into the gas chamber. They send you in the gas chamber. The military don't like you, and they send you in the gas chamber. And, and he, I mean, he came out of there. Everybody else is puking and snotting and everything else all over the place. He walked out like it was no big deal. This guy was something. He got up on that platform. He walked to the edge of that platform and jumped. He had never been in water, never swam. Net, just I don't even know what he was thinking. What the Navy? Join the Air Force or something? You know, what I mean. But he jumps in. He hits the water, and man, he right to the bottom. I'm Thinking to myself, he's dead. And they're all standing around, you know, standing around watching him. I'm thinking. Um, somebody going to save this guy? And he comes back up, and he is flailing all over. I mean, flailing his arms all over the place, spitting up in the air, screaming. And they're still just standing there. I'm thinking about I'm treading water not too, long, too far from him. And uh, you know, I moved over a little bit so he didn't take me down with him. But I wasn't a nice guy then. And, 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 they, and they reached out this pole like, like you would clean a pool with. You know, those, those big, long poles? And they reached out the pole, and they set the pole in front of him. I mean, he's smashing the pole. He's flailing the pole. I mean, I'm like, dude, grab the pole. And finally, the guy said, listen, this, this kid wasn't going to get saved until he grabbed the pole. you know what the guy did? He reached over. Bam! Popped him on top of the head with the pole. I'll never forget it. I'm thinking to myself. Don't go down. You make sure you swim around. And he finally grabbed the pole, and they pulled him to safety. I want you to to understand this concept. The gospel has been provided. It's there. It's for all. Remember what John 3.16 says? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, right? I mean, that, whod, that whosoever's you, that whosoever's me, that whosoever means anybody in the world, anybody can be saved. But anybody can be saved doesn't mean everybody's going to be saved. This unitarianism that, that believes that we're all going to go to heaven is not biblical. You find that in heaven, or you're going to find that in the Bible. Why? Because whosoever shall Call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. So you've got to call upon His name. It's been provided. It's already been paid for. It's paid in full. Have you ever had a bill? You ever had a bill that you had to pay every single month? not a weird thing? Listen, if you buy a car... And you don't pay that car off, they expect you to pay that payment every month. Rascals. You buy a home, they expect you to pay every month. And if you don't, they're coming after you. Now, if you need a refund, they're allowed to take six months. But they expect every month for you to pay that bill. Why? Because it's due you got credit card payments, they expect you to pay them every month. Whatever bill you have, they expect you to pay it every single month. And then there's a time, I hope. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it's anywhere in the the near future. But there's a hope that at some time, you pay your last payment. I've got some. So excited when that thing comes in, I put three letters. P-I-F. Paid in full. Can I tell you, the gospel is paid in full. It's already paid. There's nothing you have to do. This, this idea that nothing's free, right? I mean, we've kind of got that in our heads now. Somebody, somebody calls you and says, listen, you want a free cruise. Hang up as soon as possible. You won the lottery. You didn't even play it. You won it, though. Hang up. Why? Because we know nothing's free. It's going to cost you something. I did it, I did it one time. See, I don't know this whole idea about you know, having an email and then having a junk email, and I don't do any of that computer stuff, so I, don't, so I just have my one email. Well, do this survey, and you can get $50 off your order. It's like, well, that sounds like a great deal. So I did this survey. Like 642 pages long. Like 17 hours later, I finally finished it. I mean, I did get the $50 off. But I'm telling you right now, I get more junk from doing that stupid survey. I wish I could send them the $50 back so I didn't have all that junk. Because we, we have in our minds that nothing is free, it's got to cost something. So it's got to cost me something. So the gospel can't be free. It's got to cost me something. No, no, no. It cost Jesus everything. It cost the Father everything. The suffering that Jesus did upon the cross, that was and is the payment. He took your place. He took my place. The payment that you owed. I got some bills. And listen to me. You come to me later and say, listen, Brother, brother Joe, I want to I pay your bill off. We'll talk. We'll sit, we'll sit down. I mean, I'll, I'll make you a sandwich and some ramen noodles, man. We'll, just, we'll talk it over. I, I, I'm, I'm for you paying my bills. But listen to me. If you decided to pay my bill off, and you sent that money to the creditor, and, and, and they said, all right, it's paid in full, I'm not paying next month's payment. Why in the world would I do that for? Why would I continue to pay him when it's already paid in full? Isn't that what we do when we try to do our own works? Isn't that what we do when we try to add to the gospel? We try to say this, yeah, thank you, God, for what you did, but it's not enough. Thank you, God, for what you did, but now I've got to do my part. And I've got to pay more, and I've got to pay more. And i got to pay more. No, no, no. And Jesus said, don't worry about your bill anymore. It's paid in full. And so when I believed the gospel in my heart, when I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, He saved me. Can I tell you this much? He saved me completely. I'm not looking to be more saved tomorrow than I am today. I'm not looking to be more saved in heaven than I am today. Now, I'll be different. I'll be changed. I won't have this body that hurts all the time. I won't have this body that I have to wear glasses to see. I won't have this body where there's sin, the sin nature is still in. When you got saved, your flesh didn't get saved. That's why there's still a battle that goes on. The flesh against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, and they're contrary to one another. A struggle. That we face. I won't have any of that. But I won't be any more saved than I am now. Because Jesus saved me. When he saved me, he saved me perfectly. And he saved me fully. Amen. And if you're saved today. I mean, let me shoot this myth right out of the air. There is not a single person in this room this morning that's being saved. Do you hear me? You're either saved or you're lost. Amen. You're either on this side of the fence or on that side of the fence. There is no, uh, you know, I'm working on a preacher. No, no, no. You're saved or you're lost. Do you know, the Bible says if you're not saved, you're condemned already. That's what the Scripture says. So, so you're saved. God saved you completely. God saved you fully. When you got saved, God baptized you with the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God dwells inside of you. I'm not looking one day, hey, when I speak in tongues. Hey, when I get slain in the Spirit. No, no, no. Those are apostolic gifts, by the way. This is another sermon. But I want you to know something. I got all of the Holy Spirit when I got saved. If you didn't get all of the Holy Spirit when you got saved, then you didn't get saved. You hear me? There's no reason for you to struggle about whether you're saved or not. Listen, if you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you are saved. I'm not saying that you're perfect because practically we struggle. I understand that. But if you believe on Jesus Christ, you're saved. You don't believe on Jesus Christ and you're a good person or you're, you're, you're a church member or you're a... Do you know the thief on the cross never joined a church? Thief on the cross was never baptized. Thief on the cross didn't have any time to be a good person. You know what he did? He believed and knew and understood that he was a sinner. He trusted in the one that was next to him. And the Bible says this about him. Today, Jesus said, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Well, I'm so thankful this morning. I know you are too for the gospel. Believe it in your heart. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, don't cross your fingers. Don't carry a lucky rabbit's foot. Don't hope. 1 John 5.13 says that you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your sins are forgiven. There's a lot of things to worry about in there in life. I mean, A lot. We worry about our health. We worry about our children. We worry about the economy. Gas prices are going up. Have you, have you bought a dozen of eggs lately? What in the world is going on? I mean, all these. This, you, you've been to a restaurant lately? We went in. We went to the restaurant. Kyle and I went to the restaurant the other day, and, and he sat down and said, man, look at these prices. I said, they're the same prices on every other restaurant. I mean, you can't get out of a restaurant for twenty dollars anymore. It amazes me. Listen, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mean this in the wrong way, but but Chinese restaurants and Mexican restaurants, you can eat, you can eat cheap in those restaurants. I don't know how they do it. Some of these other restaurants, go get a hamburger through the roof. I mean, go to the grocery store. It will hurt your feelings. Go buy some fruit. Anna said, listen, Dad, there's a farmer's market right down from me. I mean, I'm going to eat right. I'm going to... She changed her mind about that really quick. She started finding out some of them prices. There's a lot of things in life to worry about, though we shouldn't worry about them. I'm not giving you a pass to worry because we should all... We should put them all into the Lord's hand. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of things to worry about. You should never lay your head on your pillow at night and wonder if you're saved. You can know it. It can be a fact. Listen, you can check it off your worry list. I don't have to worry about that one. Listen, I can go to bed. I can lay my head on my pillow at night. And listen to me. If I don't wake up the next morning in this world, I get to wake up in the next. You talk about exciting. I can't think of a better way to go than just go to sleep and not wake up. Wake up in the presence of Jesus? Praise the Lord for that. Stop worrying. Stop struggling with it. If you're worrying and struggle with it, get it right this morning. If you're sitting in here, if you're watching by live stream, make sure that you know, that you know, that you know that you have eternal life. What do you do? Simply, believe it in your heart. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads are bowed this morning. our eyes are closed. The gospel. Are you saved? Do you know it for sure? Don't